All copyrighted material played during the original broadcasting has been removed, but if you want to listen along, all the songs we played are in the description. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of You Have to Hear This. My name is Ryan Terry, and I am joined by my co-host, Lucas Cotter. So, uh, the concept of this show is we are huge music fans. We listen to a lot of music, a lot of albums, just for fun. And we decided that it would be fun for us to recommend albums that the other person hadn't heard about and do this kind of lengthy radio podcast type discussion about it. So the two albums that we picked, I picked for Lucas to listen to, uh, Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation. And what did you pick, Lucas? Uh, I picked Black Midi's Schlagenheim for uh, Ryan to listen to today. Yeah, Both very pleasant albums to listen to. And uh, do you want to start with uh, Black Midi? Or Boy, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, so Black Midi Schlagenheim, it, it's their uh, debut album, and they got very popular off of their KEXP performance online which was shot in an Iceland hotel, I believe. And um, the album only had two singles. Uh, the first one's called Boom, 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 and the other one's called Speedway. I believe we have one of those songs. BM, BM, BM. whatever. <laughs> have, you, have they ever pronounced it? I don't know, but I just assumed it was like Black Midi, Black Midi, Black Midi. Oh, that makes more sense than what I was thinking. Yeah. We're not playing that one because it's very weird. Or are we playing it? Uh, no, because it has sexually suggestive. You're lyrics. right, you're right. Uh, so the album came out June 21st, 2019, and um, do you want to play one song off it right now? Sure. All right, sweet. So why did you recommend this album to me, Lucas? Well, I don't know. I saw the KXP performance first, and um, you know, back when all the songs were just untitled. That was the first time I'd heard of this band, and I was like, what is this? Yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I liked how weird it was. I was... Um, and uh, the live performance of the song "Bm Bm Bm," uh, he, <laughs> boom boom boom, you mean? Boom boom boom. He, um, the guitarist, I'm not sure of his name, but uh, he plays like. It's in my notes. He's looking at my notes. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know. It's how to one of the two guitarists. Um, but he plays a uh, sample of like horror movie screams through his guitar, and I thought that was really cool. Oh, like he puts his phone amazing. up. Yeah. To the pickups. Yeah. It was, uh, this album was like, for me, listening to their KEXP performance for the first time was kind of, it reminded, it's like a Talking Heads were in the no wave scene with like swans in the 80s. That's what right. it reminded me of. I've heard um, them compared to Talking Heads before. They have a song called Talking Heads. They do. Yeah, it's in the Japanese version of the album, right? I know, I know there's a single of it on like, on Spotify. I don't know what like the origin of it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, this to me, I think... I don't know. I might have said this to someone. I thought I said this to you, but I said it was like if a normal indie rock album was put in a blender, it was just destroyed. It sound it's mangled, it's weird, but it, in a, in a way, I find it just fascinating, and I really loved it listening to it. Right. I see it as like if a horror movie was an album. Yeah. Any particular tracks that you want to highlight off the album? Um. Hmm. My favorite would have to be the track uh, "Near Detroit, Michigan." That's very good. Is the first song they played in the KXP performance? It was. Um, the bassist sings it. <laughs> sings is a stretch, but right? I don't know. It's very short, but I like the um, the the climax of the song is very. It is a guitarist's dream to play with that drummer. 
That drummer is yeah. insane. That drummer's nuts. I believe that song we played was in five eight, which is ridiculous. I'm not. I'm not sure. I haven't dived into the. I've music tried there. counting it. I haven't either. I'm not. I'm not looking up the muse score compositions for this album. <laughs> But we, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it the first time I listened to it. I, it's something that was on my list for a while until you recommended it to me. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, is, are you going to play another track off it? Would right you like now? me to? Well, if you want to. Um, I'll play the track I uh, just mentioned. This track is called Near Detroit, Michigan. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, I will say, for this album, I felt like the first half was stronger than the second half. Hmm. I feel like after, I mean, I really like Ducter. But after, yeah. like, Western and of Schlagenheim, I just liked the first half more. Right. I guess that's fair. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to choose, like, a favorite side to that. Do you have a favorite song? Or you, we already asked that, but well, you said yeah. near Detroit. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Because <laughs> I agree with that, but I was, I I really love Western. I love Western, too. We're not going to play it because it's eight minutes long, but it's a it's we a could, really fantastic We could play track. a part of it. We could play a part of it. We'll just, We'll figure that out later. All right. We will. Um, that's that's like a break in the middle too for uh, if we want to play it, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, I I don't know. I think, well, well, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how we feel. We'll see. You could tell there are a bunch of art students who have no. <laughs> <laughs> that also the other thing fascinating about that is like at, right after the KEXP performance, they were signed by Rough Trade. Really? Yeah, it was like that KEXP performance didn't exist. They probably wouldn't have had an album out this year. Yeah. Well. Or they, at least distributed. They posted a demo of their song Speedway, which got kind of popular, but definitely the, the KXP concert they played definitely skyrocketed the yeah. popularity. They were also nominated for a 2019 Mercury Prize for they Best were. Album. Yeah, and they lost by an album I'd never heard of. So I how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, poor guys. Poor guys. Uh, so the next album I recommended to you was uh, Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation. Yeah. Um... I listened through it right before I came here, so... It is also an hour and ten minutes, roughly. Yeah, I cleaned my room during it, but even an hour and ten minutes wasn't enough to fully clean my room. I went in your room and it was not clean. Jeez, thanks. <laughs> I, I try. <laughs> it is a... So the album was recorded. Basically, the guitarist, Thurston Moore, would come in with these melodies and chords, and then they just jam for, like, upwards of seven to eight minutes. So all the songs are pretty much seven to eight minutes. There are a few four to five minute songs... Right. But they're all ridiculous. You can definitely tell that a lot of the songs are like kind of spontaneous. Yeah, this is their fifth studio album, and this is the first time they had ever done something like this. Whoa. Most of their other stuff is a lot more, sound sounds like songs. They sound right. like songs. But uh, I just love this record. I liked it. For me, I have a very short attention span. So sometimes like long songs with like a lot of the same tones sometimes kind of just loses my interest a little and like i don't get me wrong i love the album but just like every song kind of just ended the same exact way yeah it's something you have to be in a mood for like right. sometimes when i listen to this album it's a slog to get through some of the seven or eight minute songs and i don't think seven or eight minutes is that long for a song right but they just like they're so sludgy mm -hmm. and like the track Providence, I was thinking the other day, which is the interlude of this album, is kind of like the thesis to me, where it's this really pretty piano part, and then it's just destroyed by reverb, and right. there are like these speaking like vocals over it that are from a payphone, I think. I definitely, 
I like the noise parts. Like, I really liked that big noise section in um, Total Trash. Oh, my God, yeah. That is a great song. That that part is is beautifully chaotic. If they didn't have, like, if there wasn't that, like, sludge part in it, it would probably be, like, a single off the... If A lot of these songs are, like, three, four minutes a song, and then three, four minutes them What were the jamming. singles off that album? <laughs> Silver Rocket, Teenage Riot, and Candle. Okay. And the Teenage Riot one was shortened by like half of it it was like three minutes and 14 seconds for the single version but it i mean it was a big inspiration for me when i picked up guitar i love the feedback um it's a lot of chorus and overdrive nothing on the album's clean he want thurston moore the guitarist wanted the whole album to be in the red in the tape machine and it sounds like it yes Mm -hmm. it's very loud it's also worth noting that there were three songwriters there was uh, Thurston Moore, who was the guitarist, Lee Ronaldo, who was the other guitarist, and Kim Gordon, who was the bassist. Gotcha. And you can really tell that it was they each have like their own distinct songwriting styles, in my opinion. Uh, it all kind of blends together with the tone of the album. It's not a bad That's blend, fair. but uh, there wasn't a lot of differentiation between a lot of the songs. I think lyric-wise, you can tell. Kim Gordon is like all poetry, and like she's very Carpenter's influence, so it's like really weird. Right. Almost like how do I how do I phrase this uncomfortable spoken word stuff? And then Lee Ronaldo is very surrealist, experimental. He was inspired by William Gibson, who wrote the novel Neuromancer, which I tried reading and couldn't because it's very confusing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just love this. It was chosen by the Library of Congress to be uh, reserved by the National Recording Registry. I had to look at my notes because I couldn't remember that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to play one of the tracks off of it or? Uh, sure. This is a track. What what track are you playing? I can't speak. What track are you playing? I will play um the the lead track, Teenage Riot. That's that's probably my favorite track. That is the most radio friendly song on the album, and it's seven and a half minutes long, something along those lines. Yeah, um, I really like that one. I also really like Candle. I really like that one too. I kind of wish their stuff sometimes was more like that. Right. Especially when they I've seen videos of them playing live. Right. Because, like, they stretch their – if you think that's long on the album, they stretch them out to, like, 13, 14 minutes long live. Right. But uh, I don't know. I, I personally love this record. Um, it was at the tail end of the 80s, and it was a huge inspiration on the grunge and noise scene in the 90s. Right. It, it shocked me to find out that this album was released in 88, was it? Yeah, it feels very, like, ahead of its time, doesn't it? Yeah, you could definitely see the, like, production influences that it has on music today. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, production-wise, it's very messy, but it is very messy. music is. I, I think messy on purpose. Right. I, I don't think it, it was, it feels very, like, it's noisy, it just piles on you, it does not, it's not a pleasant listen, but in the best way possible, in my opinion. Right. Not, not a slow song on the, on the track list. Yeah, they just, they're very extended at times, and ne- never really, like, slowing down or boring, just kind of a lot. Yeah, you gotta be in the right mood. It might be a good album to listen to in, like, first 40 minutes, second 40 minutes, or second 35 minutes, or however the right. time And also on out. Spotify, it's like, they have the deluxe version, which has oh, like an yeah. hour more of content. I just look it up on Wikipedia and skip the extra songs, because... <laughs> There is one song. The last song is like 13 minutes, but Spotify was gracious enough to split it right, into like three, into parts. three parts. Yeah, and the nor- old versions they didn't. It was just called Trilogy. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, they were uh, they were really good friends with Dinosaur Jr. And the first song is about if Jay Mascus was president of the United States. <laughs> that's why it's called Teenage Riot. Oh, yeah, it's uh, that's a great track. It was also Pitchfork ranked it number one of the '80s, which I don't know if I agree with. Definitely like top three for me. Like number one album of the '80s. Yeah, like not like rock album, but like number uh, one album. Album period of the '80s. <laughs> that had very little influence on the '80s. Lots of influence on the '90s. I, I think Pitchfork is weird. Pitchfork's very weird. Pitch, Pitchfork's confusing in their musical opinions. They like Beyonce self-title more than they like Lemonade. How do you feel about that? See, I'm not opinionated on that, but you are very opinionated. I keep bringing on that this matter. up because it kind of bothers me. Lemonade's better. Well, why do you like Lemonade so much more then? I just think it's more conceptual. Yeah, and it has Kendrick Lamar on it. I can't, and it has Jack White on it, so that should help your case. Well, he hasn't even listened to it, and he's getting an opinion right now. Maybe that's my. <laughs> are you gonna give me the, a Beyonce album? I've thought about it, but I decided against it. Hmm. Um, maybe. Maybe. I'm not too good for pop music. I, will, I mean, I like some pop music. All right. Um, <laughs> I think I think I like... It's between this and Remain in Light for albums in the 80s. I love Remain in Light. See, I don't know what was released in the 80s. Because, like, I, I just... Just say Thriller. No. <laughs> I know it's definitely not Thriller. It's definitely not Thriller, but you could say Thriller. For now, I will we say We can't enjoy Michael Jackson's music anymore. N- nah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Black Midi was influenced by Sonic Youth. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you can tell. Definitely influenced yeah. by Sonic Youth. Uh, coincidentally, we both chose n- uh, noise rock albums. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> next time I picked a more accessible album. And this one's only 30 minutes, so that should be hmm. good for you. Um, a little teaser to next little week. little teaser. Uh, but we'll so we'll play another song and then we'll come back and talk about the next album we pick for the next show. Sure. All right, sweet. I actually have a funny anecdote about this album. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be enthusiastic so you could like bounce off me. What is it, Ryan? Yeah, there you go. So uh, all of the songs are in very weird tunings, like uh, guitar tunings. Oh God, I have no idea. Uh, like the the E string would be tuned down to a or uh, yeah down to a up to a G, not down up. down or up. High e, uh, high E string down, low E string up. Okay. This doesn't matter to any guitarist. <laughs> any not guitarist. But they had, uh, during the tour for a later album, mm-hmm. they had all of the gear from their uh, that they played live with just completely stolen. It was just really? gone. Yeah, at a festival. So a bunch of bands offered their gear up to them. Yeah. Like Dinosaur Jr. I think Pink Floyd was there. A uh, bunch of weird bands at this festival. And um, the text for Sonic Youth grabbed all the instruments and had to just like re- tune all of them differently and so in this one show the guitarist played like 12 guitars they just swapped <laughs> guitars every song because they were all being like ridiculous tunings there's one that's like F-C-C-C-C-C <laughs> it's just, just ve- every yeah it's just very weird but uh, that might be cross it's something similar to that it's not exactly that but something similar yeah but yeah, that's a very weird band. If you want to look up their history, very weird band, but uh, very I, interesting. Maybe I should research more. Kim Gordon has a book, and she like didn't she, Kim Gordon just come out with a solo album? I believe she did. She uh she dated Thurston Moore. Um, their breakup caused the band to break up. The, yeah, he, he she like calls like um Billy Corgan a crybaby in the book. She like she makes fun of a lot of grunge. She called she made fun of Courtney Love. Her and Courtney Love have a horrible uh 
feud for years. I think everybody years. and Courtney Love have a horrible feud. That's true. I have a feud with Courtney Love, and she doesn't even know who I am. Right. Proves my point. I don't like Hole. People like Hole, and I don't like Hole. Uh, I don't like Hole either. Thank you. That's something we can agree on. We agree on a lot. We of agree stuff. on a lot of things. It's just Beyonce. <laughs> She's good. You know what? She's I'm, I'm going to say the self-titled is better than Lemonade just to disagree with you. That's okay. Self-titled still okay. But Pitchfork is wrong in a lot of ways. I'm glad that they put Blonde at number one. Was it Blonde at number one? Yes. Okay. Out of like top albums of the decade. I mean, I don't know if I agree with it, but I really like Blonde. So I'm going to say good job, Pitchfork. <sighs> yeah, I like Blonde too, but like, I don't think it's the best album of the decade. I don't think it's the best album of the decade. No. I think Teens of Denial or might be the best album of the decade for me. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, we should say that for a later podcast because I'm thinking like at the end, or radio show, whatever, because I'm thinking at the end we do best media or best albums hmm. of the decade. Yeah, we could like think about like when we go on break and like for the last show. Yeah. It's a good thing we did our first show right before Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Do you want to talk about why we couldn't do the show last My week? My voice was gone last week. And you got on bad standing with the radio station. And I got on bad. That, okay, I'm not on the radio station's email list. And they you put me. Them angry. I did make them angry, but they, I don't know if they know who I am still. Probably not. He knows who I am. Matt knows who you are. Yeah, we, Matt's in the room. But uh, we, so they sent me an email that's like, you're in bad standing with the radio station. Have a good day. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So I, I had to, like, jump through a few hoops to get on this podcast. But my voice was also gone. That's unfair. No one wants to hear me with my voice gone. Yeah. And you, you tried to do a recording session when your voice was gone. I invited you to that recording <laughs> session, so don't you dare. Then you forced me to get you a burrito. But that's off You didn't. The, the place wasn't open, so you get me a burrito. Funny story. Ryan invited me to a studio recording session saying do you want to play guitar and then i got there and he just made me run errands for him well you but you didn't because you didn't grab me anything because nothing was open well i had to go there to discover it was closed <laughs> didn't sammy also ask for a burrito <laughs> yeah but it's funnier to make fun of me it's funnier to make fun of you okay i can't make fun of sammy i love sammy uh so do we want to talk about best albums of 2019 or do we want to talk about what we're recommending we could talk about our uh, best albums and then let's uh okay let's dive into some just songs we just like you want to go first or uh for best albums best album is it this one black midi shogunat that's why we bring this up i like black midi a lot but another close one is infest the rat's nest by king gizzard and the lizard wizard i have not listened to that king gizzard album yet Mm. so recommendation Mm. i have to wait off on albums now because you're just going to recommend them to me yeah you can't listen to anything except for what I recommend you for the That's time we're true. doing the show. I, I made you listen to an hour and ten minute album, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say mine is Igor, Tyler the Creator. Yeah. Either that or Anima by Tom York, but I think I like Igor more. Hmm. I haven't listened to Anima by Tom York yet. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's not as good as Eraser, I don't think. I haven't listened to I any Tom enjoy. York solo stuff. That I'll. Put it on the list for things I gotta recommend you. Ryan's already got like this whole list. Like I do. I, I just can, have ideas. He has a whole list of I like notes. I did in his research. Phone I came in with notes. And we only got like 30 minutes out of it. We'll be better next time. But uh yeah, I think I just love Igor. It's such a I saw Tyler Crater live. Oh yeah. Okay. Brag brag about it again. He's mad because a lot of bands go to Buffalo. I saw him in Toronto. But a lot of bands go to Buffalo. So he's mad at me because I saw a lot of good bands. Why do you like Igor? I love the story, 
I felt like Tyler the Creator has finally come into his own in branching the like more abrasive. Uh, I'm gonna be a uh, immature. I'm trying not to use an explicitive uh, jerk. He wanted to be and, offensive. Yeah, offensive. He wanted to trigger people essentially, and then the like more artful like. I want to be a symbol to people, kind of. I want to represent a different path of hip-hop. Right. And uh, I feel like they just came together. They came together partly in Flower Boy really well, but just Igor was just the, like, high watermark of his career so far. That's my opinion. I know a lot of you, your favorite's Wolf, right? I really like Wolf. It bounces back and forth between Wolf and Igor. They're hard to compare because they're so different. They are. I also love the production of it. Right. Igor. It's very poorly mixed on purpose. It sounds a lot like Kanye West, and I love it. Right. I don't know. I also like, because there's a story that runs for, through Wolf, too, and I really like that, but it's a lot, it's told a lot better through Igor. I agree. Which I like. He loves working with characters. That's something I really appreciate. Yeah. When yeah. I saw him in concert, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> when I saw him in concert, he came out with, he had the wig and the suit and everything, and the stage was like the Earthquake uh, music video, and I thought he was going to be in character for the whole show. And then he turns to the people on the side and is like, you guys got the worst seats in the whole house. <laughs> and then later on in the show, he's like, come on, guys, these guys are having the most fun. The videos of him interacting with the crowd, I, I love. They're so much fun. He is such a performer. Yeah. Um, would we uh, like to um, play something from Igor? Ooh, yeah, why don't you, uh, is there anything that's... Does it swear? Does a lot of it swear? How much can we use? Does Earthquake swear? I have no idea, but yes. we... Yes. He knows. Yes, Thank you, Matthew. Uh, does Igor's theme swear? It can't swear, really. It's like, it's an instrumental, mostly. Hmm. Would you like to play Igor's theme? Let's play Igor's theme. My manager will really love it. My manager, Connor, if he's listening, I hope he's listening. What? He All just right. mouths something to me. <laughs> Would you like to promote your... Oh, I have a band. It's called Beach Tower. I feel kind of dirty promoting it, but also we want to win Battle no, of the Bands. Don't. So vote for us for Battle of the Bands. We have a sticker that says vote for Beach Tower. We're Beach Tower. It's myself, me and a couple of buds. Uh, so vote for us. Vote for Beach Tower. He, I thought he was going to say Tsunami Surprise. I really did. I wouldn't do that to you on air. You you absolutely would. On air is the keyword, right? <laughs> on air is the keyword. All right. Uh, yours, theme. I have to hit the mic button. So what albums... Will we be recommending each other for next week? I'm giving you Infest the Rat's Nest by King Gizzard. And oh, that Wizard. was quick. Oh, my God. I've only listened to one King Gizzard album. Well, and, and it's Nagan Fandy. And that was amazing. And I listened to it at the gym. And it was such a good workout album. I was going to recommend Girl with Basket of Fruit by Juju. But we might have to save that for another time. Because that album is very not radio friendly. How long? Is, is it in, in a Black Midi sort of way or in a Sonic Youth sort of way? The lyrics are very grotesque. Okay. Um, so I have been meaning to listen to that for a while, though, after Neil Drop talked about it a lot. Yeah, right? he gave it a nine. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to recommend to you a much shorter and much radio-friendlier Good. album, uh, Antisocialites by Always. All right. Have you ever listened to Always before? I've listened to, like, three songs. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah. They. Uh, this album is... A delightful, brisk listen. They've only they've released two albums. And they only have twenty songs, and it's roughly an hour long. Their entire discography. Yeah. So it's worth a listen. Nice. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching. I can't speak. My name's Ryan Terry, and I'm here with my co-host. Uh, I'm Lucas Cotter. And this has been. You have to hear this. 
So catch us after Thanksgiving break. Thank you. Thank you to Anchor and Fredonia Radio Systems for making this podcast possible. Music done by Evan Donnelly and podcast art done by Amelia Loreso. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at You Have to Hear This. Thank you for watching.